0: I'm Dr. Robin McKay. This is the Mindset Rx podcast, the show made especially for emotionally intelligent leaders ready to set the tone for a positive, productive, and purposeful week. And it's for those of you who are asking big questions like, is this all there is? What's next? And what's my purpose? Listen, the world of work has changed. Grit, hard work, and tenacity are giving way to purpose, flow, and hope as we seek new ways to contribute, make a difference, and create a career and life that matters. It's time to start dreaming again. Here we go. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Mindset Rx. I am your host, Dr. Robin McKay, and this is your place to be if you are an emotionally intelligent leader and you're ready to set the tone for a positive, productive, and purposeful week. And then I go on to say month, year, life. Happy New Year. It's so good to be back. We took a little bit of time off for the holidays, and this is our first scheduled appearance back on LinkedIn Live and on our sister podcast. And I'm so happy to be here with you. So this year, I'm going to be focusing on something a little bit more dialed in. In the past, what I've been doing is kind of just feeling into what's going on in the world right now and how can I contribute to the conversation? How can I give my best advice and my my two cents or more, if you will, to what's going on in the world. And for sure, that's going to still be part of the work that we do on this show. However, we're in the middle of the great resignation and more and more talented and accomplished people are looking for other ways right now to contribute their gifts, talents, and abilities. They're looking for other jobs, other positions, other companies, even. Some of them are even making the leap into entrepreneurship out of the corporate space. So what I thought I would do for the next little bit, I think that we've got about six weeks of content on this, we'll see, but what I'm gonna be doing for the next little bit is taking you through the way that I work with those high performers, high achievers, accomplished people who come to me and they want to find their next position. They want to find their next job. I'm calling it Career RX, but I have a specific methodology that I use to support accomplished, emotionally intelligent leaders in finding their next. And I'm going to start sharing it with you. I think it's time to go behind the scenes. This is work I've been doing for years and years. For those of you who are new to the podcast and LinkedIn Live, I have a PhD in counseling psychology from the University of Kansas go Jayhawks. And my special focus and emphasis in my PhD was on vocational psychology. Now that trickled into positive psychology and creativity and intelligence testing and so on. But the overriding theme, the overriding focus of my PhD was on vocational psychology. In fact, I was part of a team who wrote what's become a seminal paper in vocational psychology on how people make decisions about their careers. And one of the concepts or it's actually a cognitive process that we brought into the conversation that no one had ever been talking about before really was intuition. And I always think that that, that's such a telling thing because that's my favorite thing to talk about is intuition and using intuition to make decisions, using intuition to guide your life. And whether you've been here with me for a while or you're brand new, one of the things that you need to know about me is that I use my intuition all the time, all the time, every day to make decisions, to figure out what's next and um, to move through life with ease and grace and creativity. And my life is a million times better. Than it was before years ago when I was pretty much solely relying on my reason, on my intellect, to to guide my career. So that's where we're going to be talking about this this year: is career RX, using your intuition to guide your decision making, but even more than that, using your intuition to land your dream job in any market, anytime. And I'm going to be sharing some examples from my practice over the years, from from the coaching that I've done with people about how that's worked for them and how it's worked for me as well as I've been going through that process myself. So welcome, as we always do. I like to take just a minute to center, to bring yourself into the present moment. So go ahead and do that right now. Take a deep breath in, let it go, settle in. If you're multitasking as best you can, set that aside for the time being and just let yourself focus here and now. And then let's go ahead and dive in. I have been thinking a lot about the best approach to teaching this methodology outside of my, my uh, private coaching programs, and while I can't do the work for you and while there is tremendous value in being held in your highest potential. What I do want to start giving you all is some recommendations, advising, and suggestions on how to go about finding your ideal job, finding your dream job, um, using your intuition. And let's just start by talking about intuition, shall we? This is something that, especially for high performers, high achievers in healthcare, tech, fintech, any of these fields that that you all are familiar with and work in, intuition is not always viewed as the go-to cognitive process, is it? In fact, I think a lot of times what people are saying is that we need to use reason, we need to use our intellect, we need to make sense of things, and intuition really doesn't do that. Intuition is sort of this global sense of direction. And when i think about intuition i always think about it's not it's not necessarily following your heart because that can have some repercussions as well because our emotions are messy but instead it's looking at the bigger picture and being able to see into and see beyond what our 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 hearing our vision our our five senses really, all of our five senses, our sense of touch, our sense of taste, our sense of smell. When we look beyond that, when we see into something, we are actually going beyond the intellect and we're looking deeper than that. We're in curiosity and wonderment about what's possible. What's possible? So, I want to take you on a little bit of a time travel to get us started on this conversation because I could. This is something that I've been good at my whole life. I've been really good at getting jobs. And I want you to know that because I personally love to work with people who are like the Michael Jordans of their fields. I appreciate and value people who have been through the trenches and had to really hone their craft. And it's not that somebody like Michael Jordan, I know that's an old reference, but you get my point. It's not that Michael Jordan didn't, but he had a natural ability to do so that got refined over the course of his career. And so too is the case with an executive coach, a mentor, an advisor. For myself, I want to work with somebody who's naturally adept, who has refined her abilities over the course of her of her life rather than somebody who's really struggled with some something and has somehow mastered it along the way. There's just something for me um, that I appreciate about those people who are naturally adept. And maybe that's for you too. But at any rate, I share that with you because this is something finding jobs for myself has always been something that has been so easy for me. And um, all the way back to my first job, babysitting, and then Working at the Penguin Drive-In in in my hometown, I was a car hop in a long time ago, but it's just always been something I've been good at. And I remember when I went to college and everybody about junior year started looking for jobs and going out on co-ops and doing all the things that engineering and tech students would do at the time. And everyone, I remember the feeling of everyone being so worried and nervous and not knowing where they were going to land. And they would basically throw spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. And they would go out on all of these job interviews and maybe they would land in like, I don't know, Philadelphia or Peoria. Not that there's anything wrong with either of those those cities. But for me, my job searches never work like that. I just decided where I wanted to land, and then I knew I would find the position that I wanted to be in. Somehow I knew that. Don't ask me how I knew that at the time. I think that I was more of an unconscious competent than anything else. It was just something that came naturally to me. And because my efforts, my, my job search efforts were so easy, I thought I was doing something wrong, believe it or not. I thought that job searches had to be hard and arduous and worrisome and everything. And that wasn't my experience. So I really thought for a little while that I was doing something wrong until I discovered that I wasn't. Until I discovered that I just had this natural innate sense of being able to navigate the unseen, the uncertainty of job searches and land where I was meant to land. And that has happened every single time I've done a job search. Early on, after I graduated with my undergrad in biology, I went out into the workforce. And this was a time you Gen Xers will 100 percent, 100 percent relate to me. If you're not a Gen Xer, boomers will probably relate to this, too. But Gen Xers for sure will. I went into the Kansas City Star newspaper and I looked at the want ads to find technical positions. I knew I wanted to be a technical writer. I knew that that was something that I was good at. And I found, I think I found five jobs available for new technical professionals in the want ads in the Kansas City Star. So I sent out five resumes. I got three job interviews. One was an absolutely not for me. This dude um, asked me why I wanted to work at all since my husband was an engineer. So that was my first experience as a woman in a technical profession with sexism. But that was an absolute no. And then I ended up getting two job offers, one of which I took, and that set set me on my course for my career in biotech, actually. So even then, I didn't know exactly what I was doing. I just knew it was pretty easy, and I knew I was focused. I knew I had narrowed things down enough that... be able to find something but i was still really nervous about it i remember thinking to myself man if i don't get a job what am i going to do i was really worried about that i had this is something that i did that looking back it's something looking back i started doing it then and it's something that i think is a really good practice if you are looking for your next job i told my current boss i said i'm looking and i'm going to be done by the end of july i will be here through the end of july So I put a deadline on it and I think I was 24 at the time. I wasn't, you know, I was just a kid, but I put a deadline on how long I was going to be staying at my current position. I was running a swim school and a gymnastics club. I said, well, I'll get, I'll get us through the summer and then I'm going to leave. So, and of course, making that decision, even though I didn't have my job at the time made all the difference for me because I put, a timeline, I collapse the timeline to be able to really put, I, I'm going to say this, I put some pressure on myself to find my next job. I think that I made myself uncomfortable. Uncomfortable enough, knowing that I had a deadline, knowing that we already had backfilled my position at the at the swim school, knowing that I had to get out, whether I had a job or not. Put some pressure on myself, and that actually helped me collapse time and space, I believe, in order to land the job that I did take early on in my career. So I'm sharing this with you, and I'm going to be sharing stories like this throughout our time together because I think it's important to illustrate through stories this job search process. What I want to be clear about this methodology that I use is it's not like the job search processes that you have experienced as a young person going into the career counseling center at your university. It's not like, you know, reading some very rational book about what to do and all the steps to take. This is a very intuitive process. Of course, there are rational steps to take, of course but it really is from where i'm sitting now i'm understanding more and more that it's a dance with the universe a dance to co-create that which you most desire to express contribute and be a part of in this world so the other example i'll give today and then i'm going to give you a couple of of things that you can do for yourself if you're on the job on the job hunt a couple of things. One is that I remember working, this was a little bit later on in my career when I was working as a medical writer for a contract research organization in the pharmaceutical industry. And I remember one of my colleagues, Eleanor, was, she was a senior writer and I was one of the junior writers. I had just come on board not long before that. She was wearing a polo shirt or a golf shirt with the logo of one of the drugs that she had been a part of the the clinical team that had gotten that drug approved by the FDA. And she was so proud about that. Not proud in like an egoic way, but just like she wore that with pride. And I thought, you know, I wanna have that experience. I wanna work on a team that brings a drug to market. I think that would be a really cool experience. I just thought that. I didn't do a whole lot with it. I just felt that desire rise up within me and I paid attention to it and then pretty soon, without within about a year or two, I ended up working first as a contract worker for this for this small biotech company that had a great story. Um, and then I ended up working for them as an employee, and I was able to bring a drug to market, a first-in-class drug to market, while I was there. And I still to this day, when I see those logos and I see the, I see I have a couple of, um, you know branded mugs and t-shirts and things like that to this day, I still feel a sense of pride about that. That was important to me early on in my career. And on the other end of it, afterwards, I got to experience that sense of pride that I witnessed in my colleague, Eleanor, all those years ago. So I'm hoping that in telling these stories, I'm giving you some clues as to how you might engage your intuition in finding your dream job. I will say this, that dream jobs change. When I was 24, my dream job was to be on a team that brought a drug to market, and certainly I had that experience. Um, Later on, my dream job was to be a psychologist at a major university. That was my dream job, and that came to pass as well. As I've moved into executive coaching, and people have started coming to me to find their dream jobs, what I've come to realize is that there are several steps that we have to take in order to get them there. And the first step, and here's your your homework or your thing to think about this week, is we have to clear out some of the the assumptions, some of the rate-limiting steps that might keep you from landing your dream job, things like listening to me and thinking, oh, she just got lucky. And listen, I know in this day and age, I want to share this with you too. I, I recognize now how I have so much unearned privilege in terms of my, you know, the color of my skin, how I show up in the world. There's some privilege there that I didn't know that I had all those years ago, but certainly that is something that I think made my search easier in some ways. But I was still, at the time, a young woman going into a largely technical, male-dominated field. And I certainly did experience my own share of sexism um, early on in my career. You know, you're too pretty to be. Why aren't you staying at home? Your husband is an engineer. Those kinds of things really um, could have chipped away. At my self worth, my worthiness to be there. And I think the other thing that I was challenged with as a young woman in biotech was negotiating my salary. I am certain that I was underpaid, 100%, 100% underpaid, especially early in my career, just because I didn't know. I didn't know how to negotiate. I didn't know that I could negotiate. So, you know, we all have different challenges. Some of us have fewer challenges than others for sure. Um, and I think the other early on the other rate limiting step for me was I didn't have an advanced degree. I was just a kid out of undergrad. I had my bachelor's degree and I was a hard worker and I was a good leader, but I didn't have an advanced degree. Everybody I was working with had master's degrees or PhDs. And so I was relative to my colleagues undereducated. Um, I say that because we have both um, conscious and unconscious rate limiting steps. We're aware of some of them. We make up stories about some of the things that might stop us from getting our dream job, from landing the dream position. And we have some unconscious things that need to be cleared out as well. Particularly I find right now in this, in the time we're living in with burnout with what I call corporate trauma, things like sexism and racism, and what is called what are called often called micro traumas in the workplace, can chip away at your sense of worthiness, your sense of deservedness, your sense of possibility. What's possible for me in my career? And then we have media coming in and telling us, you know, all the bad news about the job markets, all the bad news about what's going on in the workplace. And so we've got a lot of negativity flowing into our consciousness if we're not careful. So we start the process always by pulling the weeds and tilling the soil. Because landing your dream job is often like, it's like planting a bamboo forest. You know, bamboo doesn't grow for a long time, and then all of a sudden it sprouts up almost overnight. And I'm not saying it has to take as long as it takes a bamboo plant to sprout, but it is a process of planting seeds, tilling the soil, watering your garden, doing the inner work, and then one day, overnight, it seems, you've got your new job and you're in your new position. So isn't that a cool way to start thinking about this job search that you're on? So that's where I'm going to end today. More next week. If you found this podcast or LinkedIn Live helpful, take a screenshot, post it on your social media, tag me in it so I can say thank you. I appreciate it so much. When you tell other people about what we're doing over here, I think that this is such a grassroots movement that we're starting. And I'm honored that you're a part of it. Thank you for being a part of it. And I'm looking forward to continuing to go behind the scenes with my career RX formulas for you to be able to apply these to your own experiences and land your dream job in any market. Until next time. Thanks for joining us this week on Mindset RX. Make sure to visit my website, drrobinmckay.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, it'd simply make my day if you'd consider leaving a five-star rating on iTunes. Or if you'll just tell a friend about the show, that would help us out a lot too. If you like this show, you might want to consider connecting with me on LinkedIn and I'm also available for private executive coaching, corporate trainings, and keynote addresses. Just email us at robin at drrobinmckay.com and request more information. And remember this, it's time to start dreaming again. Your future is waiting.